Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about burnout, what it is, and how you can cope. Stay tuned. Hiya, Megan. Hello there. What's up? Okay, we just had the time change. Yes, it sucks. And uh, my pets seem to think that the time change actually means they get to eat even earlier <laughs> because Aww. starting around like 3 30 they both get super antsy and are just like it's time to eat dinner now you're like, That's, like it's never been dinner time for it's, you it's never been time to eat at 3 30 or 2 30 previously in the day <laughs> so you can be quiet and lay down again. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but ever ever since the time change, I feel like they've been like, hey, 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 feed me, hey. feed me, feed me, hey. feed me. I, it's, they could just be extra hungry. I don't know. It's weird with animals because, you know, you're supposed to feed them a certain amount of food. Yes. And even if they like seem like they're hungry because they're animals and they would literally eat any food that I would give them. Yes. So I feel like a monster because I'm not giving them food, but at the same time, they're not supposed to have more food. Unless that, unless the animal is Royce, our German shepherd, who we have to practically beg to eat most of the time. So some days he's like, I don't need to eat. It's fine. I'll just starve. And some days he's like, I will eat all the things. So when he's having an eating day, I'm like, you can have as much as you want, bud. Your pets are weird. Oh, my pets are for many reasons. Weird. Oh, they're the weirdest. <laughs> I mean, Anya is like the daintiest eater who like goes and gets one little piece of kibble. She gets brings like one... it into the room wherever yeah. you are, and then, and then eats, eats it. it in front yes. of you, and then goes <laughs> and gets another one. She does not like to eat by herself, so yeah, she'll go in the kitchen to her bowl. She get like a tiny little mouthful of food, and then she'll like bring it into the living room if that's where you are, and she'll like drop it on the rug and eat her little mouthful of food and repeat it three hundred times. So weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I always thought it was weird too. Whenever I would go to your house, and there would actually be like food in the bowl oh yeah because my dog is like oh you're feeding me I, it is gone no in food 30 left seconds. behind well i grew up with no. beagles and they will eat anything and all of it yeah and so it's it was very weird when we first got royce and we were like okay this dog like does not eat <laughs> like he and it, and he, i mean He's, like, physically small for a male German Shepherd anyway. He's, like, about the size. He's honestly on the smaller size for a female German Shepherd. He's just a smaller dog for the breed. And we, I remember we hadn't had him super long. But then, like, he's also skinny. So then you add that into it because he doesn't like to eat. And I, we took, I took him to the farmer's market one time. And there was a female German Shepherd there that was easily like one and a half times his size <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh buddy you're so tiny <laughs> he's like a three-year-old who exists on air and crackers yes yeah and sometimes chicken nuggets like <laughs> that's mm-hmm. yeah our our animals are real weird bless their hearts 
what have you been up to? Oh, you know, not a whole lot, to be completely honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I was just reading before we hopped on to record. I'm reading What Alice Forgot. I'm like, well, maybe two thirds of the way through. It's really good so far. Um, but I'm still trying to figure out what all of what Alice forgot. So yeah, they don't really reveal it till like the very, like very, very end. So, which I love that. I love when I can't figure it out, but I'm also like, God damn it. I just want to know. (laughs) So, you know, I am looking forward to your text when you finish the book. (laughs) I I promise I will text you and be like, ah, so anyway, (laughs) that's my big news you guys it's really exciting times over here (laughs) it's fine everything uh i mean there's nothing wrong with reading a book no sometimes you just need to read a book sometimes you just need to read a book yeah Yeah. sit under your weighted blanket and read a book it's all Mm -hmm. good it's all good so this week we're talking about burnout um because I feel like it's a thing that a lot of people are experiencing right now. Absolutely. Um, We've got pandemic fatigue. We've got burnout happening. It's just, there's a lot of feelings happening. There's a lot of things going on at one time and it's hard to know, you know, what, what all these feelings are tied to. You don't, don't necessarily want to categorize them. Right. But... Because there's so much going on, I feel like talking about burnout, we're going to talk a little bit about how burnout is different from depression, Mm -hmm. and then kind of how all of the the pandemic has played into this. It's kind of really uh, thrown a lot of people for a loop, obviously. It's been an entire year of of weird life, and um, I think anybody who has been able to get through it with out any sort of mental frustration is um I don't know what you're doing person out there that may or may not exist but if that's you please email us please <laughs> we're curious about what your secret is <laughs> please tell us all of the uh, tips yeah we need to know we really need to know let's start out with basically defining what burnout is yeah, so I did some research on this, and the term burnout is actually, like, relatively new. Um, it was coined in the 70s by an American psychologist. Uh, his name is, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. I'm going to say his first name right. I don't know if I'm going to say his last name right. His name is Herbert Freudenberger, um, and he coined the term to really talk about the high levels of stress in quote helping professions so like doctors and nurses because obviously those are professions where you really like sacrifice yourself for others and um end up in this like burned out state Um, but since then it's come to be used across many different professions um, so not just those like helping professions, although I would guess that it is still probably a little bit of a higher rate of burnout in those helping professions. Um, and I read a couple of things that were seeing that 
experts really can't necessarily agree on how to define burnout um, because there's a, like a wide array of symptoms. Um, and so it's not exactly clear on what it is and how it can be diagnosed. And so no one can really say how common it is. It's just things where you read this and you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> um, but it's thought to be most typically work-related. Um, and there are some main things that have been kind of identified to come along with burnout. Um, so those things are exhaustion, both physical and emotional exhaustion of just feeling completely drained and unable to cope and not having the energy to get things done. Um, there can be physical symptoms that come along with that, such as like headaches or stomach aches and like other intestinal issues. Uh, feeling alienated from your work activities. So feeling that your job is just increasingly frustrating, feeling cynical about your work or your colleagues, uh, distancing yourself purposefully from your coworkers. Um, or subconsciously from your coworkers, or like feeling kind of just numbed out about work, um, and then reduction in performance. So obviously, if you're not feeling great about work, and if you're super exhausted and experiencing all of these physical symptoms, um, you may find it really hard to concentrate on your tasks, and your overall performance can really suffer um, just due to that lack of being able to concentrate. And apparently, there is a 2018 report by Gallup that identified sort of five main causes of burnout in the workplace. And I thought these were really interesting. So uh, unreasonable time pressure. So not, you know, employees who are saying they just don't have enough time to do all of the work that they need to do. Uh, two is lack of communication and support from your manager because a really good manager will often offer a bit of a buffer against stress. And if you don't feel like you have great communication or support from that manager, you're probably feeling a lot more of that workplace stress. Three is lack of role clarity. So if you don't really know what's expected of you, you can often just feel like, everything is a moving target and that's going to just completely exhaust you a lot faster. Four is unmanageable workload. So when you just feel like the amount of work that you have to do is completely unmanageable, even if you're a super optimistic employee, you're going to start to just feel completely at a loss and overwhelmed. And then five is unfair treatment. Um, and it says employees who feel they are treated unfairly at work are 2.3 times more likely to experience a high level of burnout. Unfair treatment may include things such as favoritism, unfair compensation, and mistreatment from a coworker, which I thought was interesting. And I didn't dig a lot deeper into this, but I would guess, based on that information, that women and minorities may experience higher levels of burnout if that is one of the causes. Because I would I would definitely assume so. We know that women and minorities are underpaid. 
just like categorically statistically underpaid and undervalued in the workplace so if being underpaid and undervalued and treated unfairly lead to burnout then it seems like it would follow that those groups of people would experience more burnout but again i didn't like dig into that for any studies or statistics that's just my own logic (laughs) so i think it's interesting that there are so many different symptoms of burnout because i think a lot of people automatically tie it only with the exhaustion part of it And they, like, I definitely did not know about the symptom of the feeling alienated from work-related activities part of it. Yeah. Um, Maybe this, like, maybe that the job is stressful part, but, like, with, like, cynical thoughts about the workplace or distancing yourself from coworkers and stuff, I would not have associated that with burnout. Yeah, I, I don't think, like, if you had asked me before I researched and really looked into it, I don't know that I would have told you that those things would be connected. But now that I now that I read about it, it makes sense, right? Like, again, if you're feeling like you're undervalued, if you're feeling like you're overworked, that you don't have enough time, that you don't have the support that you need... Like, those are all things that are just going to, like, super drain you and just mm-hmm. lead to a less positive viewpoint about your work and the people that are around you and the things that you have to do. Even if it's, like, something that's supposed to be fun, like a, like a super casual happy hour with your coworkers or something, back when that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Super casual happy hour with your coworkers. That's actually very stressful because you have to figure out if you're going to go and who's going to be there and if you need to change your clothes and how right. long you need to actually stay before it's okay for you to leave. <laughs> These are the casual things that are casual and fun for extroverts and extremely <laughs> anxiety-inducing for introverts. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe introverts experience more burnout. I have no idea. I didn't look into that, but, you know. That's actually, that would be interesting to look at because I would almost think that introverts would have maybe a better time dealing with it. Um, partly because introverts are so used to internalizing everything anyway mm-hmm. and kind of dealing with their own problems and... We could going through their day, a little bit yeah. So I almost wonder if, like, we are we automatically protect ourselves a little bit more than an extrovert might, um, where they would definitely need more vocal support from uh, managers or coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I, if I, there's a study I, out there for that. Yeah. Anybody that's listening that wants to do study on this. Go for it and let, let us know what the answer is. <laughs> I like that we're like, uh, go do this thing. We don't have any money to give you for a grant. no money uh, to give you, but we would be really interested to know what the answer is. <laughs> go do your peer-reviewed study and come back to us. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, 
when we're looking at like exhaustion and physical these physical symptoms and like not being able to concentrate those are some things that that can often overlap with depression Mm -hmm. so megan can you kind of talk us through like burnout versus depression like you said some of them are very similar and i think that's why it gets a little bit confusing because some people are like well i'm just depressed which is not better than burnout um that neither one is better than the other right they're both things that you need to like pinpoint and deal with right so there are some very specific characteristics of burnout versus depression so for burnout the problems are generally work-related but in depression the negative thoughts and feelings aren't only about work but in all areas of your life so your friendships your family life your home life Mm-hmm. It can be all encompassing. I mean, it could also just be part of, you know, certain parts of your life. Um, it doesn't have to be all encompassing. Sure, depression is a very complicated beast. Um, right. But since burnout is typically associated with work, that's kind of the main delineation between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so for burnout generally what's recommended is to make adjustments in your workplace. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times that means actually getting a new job. Um, I know that when I, I used to work at a place where I, in the mornings I would wake up and I would feel sick. And that was kind of was like, Oh, I, I need to go find a new job now. This is not ideal. Right. Uh, but also a lot of times it's kind of just simply, you know, talking to your manager lightening your task load things like that but with depression a lot of the times you need professional help like therapy or medication Mm -hmm. depression also has certain symptoms that burnout doesn't usually have including low self-esteem feelings of hopelessness and suicidal thoughts yeah there's so there's definitely and again like they're both really important to tackle and Mm -hmm. to to treat and to figure out um and they could definitely go hand in hand like you could be depressed and be experiencing burnout at work absolutely Um, so they're not mutually exclusive but I, i did think it was important that we kind of talk about the differences between the two because I do think that they can be confusing, especially if you are experiencing some of both or you have experienced both in the past, like just kind of figuring out, like, is this something, is what I'm experiencing right now something that can be alleviated by adjusting my work or and something in my work life? Or is this something where I need to seek out therapy or, you know, talk to my doctor about getting on some medication or um, whatever that might be. So there's definitely, and Megan, I know that you and I have both experienced burnout before. Um, So what are some things that, that you have noticed when you are feeling burnt out? Um, I mean, like I said, that I had that one job where I would literally feel sick, mm-hmm. um, and I I wouldn't want to go to work. 
Uh, and actually, it was fun- interesting because I know other people that I worked with at that job who would tell me they're like, well, I got to work this morning and I sat in my car and cried for a while before I came in. And I was like, that's not yeah, healthy. That's not good. <laughs> cool. Great. Um, but a lot of the times uh, it comes down to just like your attitude about the work itself, mm-hmm. especially if it's a job that I normally would enjoy. But the tasks just start getting, like, so annoying to me. <laughs> yeah. Where it, it could be anything, like, literally anything. But it'll, it will definitely be a case where it's like, oh, this is something that I d- used to enjoy. I used to like all the facets of this job. And now everything is dumb and I hate it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah, think, what about you? I think for me, like that ties in like I am not a procrastinator I never Mm -hmm. have been my mother like hammered into me from a very young age like not to procrastinate and so I can start to tell that burnout is like coming on when I start to procrastinate like Mm. if I just am putting off all the things that's very unlike me and it's because cause I I thrive on like getting things done and getting that crossed off my list and like being on top of it and not falling behind on things and so if I start to procrastinate on things just like chronically then that's sort of a cue for me that something's not quite right it can be something I love, and I'm still like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I have uh, literally always been a procrastinator, <laughs> like forever. Um, but one of the other things that I just remembered is actually a lot of the times I can tell when I'm burned out if I start getting takeout more often. Oh. If I stop cooking as much. And I'm like, oh, because I usually love cooking. Um, Granted, I don't love necessarily love cooking every single day because it's a lot. But um, so I guess that would be one kind of burnout (laughs) for my because my job is related to cooking now. But yeah, I guess I feel like that falls in the same thing where it's like something that you used to enjoy. And now it just feels like, oh, the worst chore ever in the entire world. Yeah. I have to do it. I definitely felt that I had that with my blog several years ago Mm -hmm. where I was because I I've always worked a full time job and I would, you know, be working 40 plus hours a week during the week. And then I would come home and on the weekends I would spend like the whole weekend cooking and photographing and stuff. And I just reached this point where I was like, I never want to look at this fucking blog again. (laughs) Like, I don't want to think about photographing anything ever again. And I had, I remember at the time, like I had a couple of contracts that I had to finish out with a couple of brands. And I was like, I'm going to finish out these contracts. And then I'm going to, I'm going to step away because we were getting ready to move into our house anyway. And I was like, this is just a good time to like take a break. And I... It's it's been quite the break. <laughs> Several years later, I still have not picked it up just like on a regular schedule. Um, but I also 
like I have come to a place where I don't think I will probably ever blog in the same way that I used to um, just because for me like what I like the the job that I have working in influencer marketing and working on sponsored content on like the brand sort of side that it makes me not want to do that kind of work on my own blog because then it's just like the same work over and over and over again. So for me, I had to really like take that step back and pivot to a place where now when I blog, it's because I really want to do it. Um, And like, that's not a luxury that everybody has, but it's definitely, it was sort of getting back to a place of blogging for a hobby, which is how my blog started. Um, as opposed to like blogging because we had to. And I, and I think that's like you and I, we do this podcast regularly, mm-hmm. but it's it's still a hobby for us. And I think that that's like really, I don't know, I think that that's really important because in keeping it a hobby, it gives us the flexibility to just like, if we need to take a week off, we can take a week off or, you know, if we need to pivot and just like bitch about COVID, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but um, I don't know. I think that, that having a hobby like this, particularly when we have both had hobbies that turned into jobs having a hobby that like stays a hobby is kind of important. I think it is for sure. Especially in this era where like everything turns into a side hustle. Like yeah, everything Mm -hmm. to the point where my kid, my teenager who does not do this anymore, but a few years ago he was all like, I'm going to get a YouTube channel and I'm going to make tons of money being on YouTube. And you were like, no, you're not. (laughs) What are you going to be on YouTube about? He's like, I don't know, but I'm going to be YouTube famous, make lots of money. I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Sure. Uh, And I think that's that's just a weird thing to ingrain into children, first of all. Yes. Be like – I'm going to make billions of dollars on YouTube or any anything for children. Like, no. Uh, it's just weird that we have all of a sudden decided that we can't just do things for fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that has really contributed a lot to the factors of burnout. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not giving yourself the space to decompress doing your fun hobby – then of course you are going to be constantly thinking about whatever it is that's coming next. Yeah. And I think like, even if you're really, really good at your hobby, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you have to monetize it. It doesn't mean like if you're a crafter and you're just really, really, really good at your craft, that doesn't mean that you have to sell it. It doesn't mean that you have to create an Etsy shop. Like, even if people say to you, like, oh, my gosh, you're so good at this. You should open an Etsy shop. You don't have to do that. Like, if you want to just keep it as your hobby and your fun thing that you do and, like, you give away the pieces that you create or whatever it is, that's okay. Like, and, and I think, like, 
that ability to kind of distinguish some of that and say no to some of those things um like if you just really want to keep it fun i think that that does like you said it keeps you from experiencing as bad of burnout at work because Mm -hmm. you can come home and in the evenings or on the weekends or whatever do your fun thing just because you like it (laughs) So let's chat about some of the other ways we can manage burnout aside from not taking on new side hustles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, one of the things is learning to say no. Um, But like if you are recovering from burnout or you're experiencing burnout, like it's really okay to say no to new commitments or new responsibilities. Like, and it's actually probably pretty necessary. And that's not just, and that can be anything. It could be like if someone asks you to like meet up for lunch and you're like, the idea of that is just too overwhelming for you. It's okay to say no to that. Um, it, it doesn't hurt if, you know, someone asks you to take on a volunteer commitment. Like it's okay to say no even like if you are trying to get yourself back to like a better a better place um, one of the things that i think is good about this pandemic situation is mm-hmm. that i think it has made it a little bit more normal for people to say no yeah yeah i think so too because you know i even think of like the before times it was crazy to say no to like a social engagement mm-hmm. like you just didn't like it, it, your calendar would be like weekend after weekend of thing after thing after thing after thing and there would some sometimes be like okay when am I gonna get a weekend where I'm not doing anything I'm so looking forward to that weekend and now like maybe we can take some of the slower pace like forward with us like every weekend does not need to be jam-packed with things Oh my gosh, tell my husband that, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'll remind him next time I'm over. Bob, not every weekend needs to be jam-packed with things. (laughs) His excuse would be like, well, I don't get started anything until after, like, lunchtime. I'd be like, okay. Mm Okay, well, maybe he should listen to this next thing, which is (laughs) that you also need to delegate. (laughs) So when you have the opportunity... To pass responsibilities or projects off onto someone else, you should really you should really think about doing that. And that I think I think that that goes for your work life, which obviously is mostly what we're talking about here, um, because you're experiencing you know burnout due to your your job and the workplace. But I also think that if you are someone and you are in a partnership, I think that being able to communicate with your partner and express it like, hey, I just really need some help with this chore or this task around the house or whatever thing it might be. If you're not in a partnership, like, is there a way that you can get a friend to come over and help you with something 
or do you need to hire someone to a cleaning service to come clean your house once a month or you know there's like I think there's a number of different ways you can kind of approach that even if if you are single and living on your own um there's lots of places in your life where you could potentially delegate some things um, and not you don't have to take it all on yourself yeah I think some people don't do that because they think it might be frivolous or something like that and but if you're Reducing that mental load mm-hmm. in any way, that is good for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, taking breaks is also really important. Just give yourself, your mind, your body a chance to relax um, between big tasks or big projects because otherwise you're going to just go from stress ball state to stress ball state. Um, so even if that is just hey, I'm going to take 15 minutes and walk around the block. Like I think this is critically important right now when everyone is working from home. Yeah. Because I think our tendency, I think, you know, you and I have worked from home for a really long time, but a lot of people used to work in an office. And when you are in an office, you naturally have times where you get up and you walk around and mm-hmm. you – you know, might bump into a coworker and chat for five minutes. Mm-hmm. You don't have that anymore. You're just yeah. in front of the computer and you might, you know, get up and get your water refill or go to the bathroom. But there's no moment where you're like really away from your work. Right. And so going for a walk or even just like, you know, if you have other people in the house, like making like a fake water cooler chat station like something where you can just pause for a minute even if you know if you live in a place where walking around the block is not feasible like just opening your door yeah or opening a window and kind of just sitting there and breathing in the air for a little while right if you have a dog actually helps a lot oh having a dog yeah. They will absolutely love going for a walk with you. Right. Or even just or like throwing the ball in the backyard. <laughs> running around yeah. the backyard. I know your dog loves to just like run like a crazy lady in the backyard. <laughs> she would be in the backyard all day oh, if we would buck let her. Wild. <laughs> yes. So, you know, or if you, if, if you have a cat, the cat's probably hiding somewhere. Go find the cat. Make the cat love you for a few minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. All of those things, I think, are good ways to just sort of take a minute, make yourself eat some lunch. Away from your desk. Away. I'm really bad at that. You know this about me. I'm really, really, <laughs> really bad at taking a lunch break. But sometimes I will even, but even sometimes, even if I'm eating lunch at my desk, sometimes I will just like pull up a YouTube video and I will just watch a YouTube video while I eat my lunch for 15 minutes. Something mm-hmm. completely frivolous, absolutely not related to work at all. Um, and, like, that's a nice little, like, okay, little, like, mental breather. Um, so, yeah, because I'm I, – I, I will admit to you all, I eat lunch at my desk basically every day. <laughs> uh, except for Fridays when I'm on my own with the baby. And then I actually – that, like, makes me take – that it's like a free makes for all me on that day. It's a free for all on that day. It makes me walk away from because she's up. But yeah, 
Um, and then the other thing, and I think this is really, really, really big, is leave work at work. Yes. Um, we talk about this. We talked about this in our work-life balance episode. But like when you are just constantly connected, it's really hard not to answer texts or check emails or take the calls. But you need to set those boundaries in your life. Um, I, I tell a, a lot of people this. I have work email on my phone, but only basically for emergencies. And so I have it on like a third screen by itself. So it's not sitting there staring at me. I can't see it. So I'm not tempted to check it when I'm not at my desk. I have an office. When I'm done for the day, I turn off my computer. I turn off the light. I'm like, I leave my office. Um, so even though it is in my house, that it is that's my workspace. And like, it's my dedicated workspace. So I think finding those little ways... And depending on your job, depending on your boss, like depending on your team structure, some of that may be a little bit more difficult, but I think the more that you can set those boundaries, the better off you're going to be and the less likely you're going to fall into that pattern of burnout. Yeah, I do the same thing where I, at the end of the day, I... I turn off my computer and I turn the light off and I leave my office, close the door. I have door on my office. I close the door. Mm-hmm. I don't go back in there. Um, and I also don't check email after five o'clock. Yeah. I think that this is really hard if you're self-employed, right? Um, yeah. Because you're always like, I might get it like a lead on something. And then I was mm-hmm. like, but then if you think about it, like, yes, you might get a new client. But also, do you want a client who is emailing you at 9 p.m.? And expecting a response at 9 p.m.? No, I, I do not. <laughs> I actually, like, I read something recently. It might, maybe it was something that you linked me to. I don't remember. But I read something recently where they were talking about, like, they actually, they appreciate if they get an out-of-office response or an auto-response to an email that basically just says, like, I, I typically check my email twice a day if it's between, like, if you're emailing me with something super urgent between those times, then here's how you can find me. But otherwise, I will respond to your email either in the afternoon or in the morning or whatever. Like, and I thought that was really interesting of just sort of going ahead and saying hey, I I check my email twice a day or three mm-hmm. times a day or once a day or I don't know, whatever, like setting that expectation that you're probably not likely to get a response from me in five seconds, but I promise I will get to you. The other thing is that if you are a person that feels like they have to answer that email, even if you see the email because you happen to be on your computer or whatever – and you have to answer it, if you are using Gmail, Mm -hmm. there is this amazing add-on called Boomerang, Mm -hmm. and you can schedule that email to not go out until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So you could write the email the night before, and then it magically goes out in the morning like a sane person (laughs) sending an email at 9 a.m. 
<laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I think there's lots of different ways that you can set boundaries, whether you're working for someone else or you're working for yourself. Um, that just makes it clear, like, this is this is when I'm working. These are my hours. This is what you can expect from me. Like, because it, it makes you, again, like, going back to what happens when you are burnout, your performance is reduced. Mm-hmm. So really, like, a good employer, a good manager should not want you to be burnout. They should not be wanting to work you to the point of burnout because they're not going to get as much from you. And I think actually if you have these boundaries, I feel like that makes you a more reliable employee because Mm -hmm. having the boundaries shows that the times that you are available, you're available. Oh, yeah. Those are the times that you will be working for them. You're not going to be distracted because you are also doing 12 other things that because you've shown that you'll answer emails at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. when you should be doing other stuff like going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go go watch a stupid Netflix show. Like don't <laughs> don't be checking your work email. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I I I don't know that there's a a magic solution. I have a magic wand to wave for everyone to no longer feel their, you know, burnout from this last year um, of this, this workload and the emotional load and all of the things that we've been feeling. But I think there, these are some tips that we can kind of use to try to keep things a little more under control. One thing I think is interesting is that one of the tips is not simply to just take a vacation. Right, because you can take a vacation, but then if if you do nothing besides take a vacation, then you, when you come back, you're just coming right back to the same problem. Exactly. You're just you're just addressing uh I was going to say the symptom you're not addressing the symptoms. You're not addressing the symptoms. You're just kind of trying to treat it with like a band-aid. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a band-aid solution when you probably need stitches. I don't know. I have, I don't have a good analogy. <laughs> We're really guys. bad at metaphors I'm today. I'm really, really bad at that. But it, you, I think you get the idea. <laughs> like, if right. you have changed nothing else about your situation, then coming back from a week of vacation, you're just coming right back into the exact same environment. And yeah, you may have felt refreshed after that week, but that first day back, you may be like crying in your car because you have to go back in or you may find yourself crying on your bathroom floor at the end of that day that first day back or whatever and you're right back to where you started so vacations are great you should take vacations you should take time off but they aren't necessarily solutions to burnout right so yep all that to say Megan, what's bringing you joy this week? (laughs) What a weird segue. Um, I didn't have anything better. (laughs) So uh, one of our mutual friends, internet friends, uh, I guess she's your real friend. She's mostly my internet friend. Uh, Chloe, who we had on the show. Yes. 
uh, has started doing uh, TikTok slash reels about her investing advice, investing, investing, budgeting, all that fun stuff. Um, and they are hilarious. She shared one today, and I literally could not stop laughing because <laughs> really it was good. really funny and relatable. Um, and that is really every time a new one pops up, it really kind of makes my day. Uh, so props yeah. to her, Chloe. Like, go out, go Chloe. <laughs> she's very funny. Yeah, they're like hilarious. She she's dancing around like they're very very good so and I think that one of the things that makes it good is that she is not afraid not to say that she like looks stupid but she's not afraid to look stupid you know what I mean yes. like she's just having fun and dancing and doing her thing and I love it partially also, uh I would never do that so. <laughs> also sometimes she does ones that are like the like duet things on TikTok or whatever yeah, and it takes me back because we used to be in choir together. We used to Aww. have this like same voice teacher. She has a beautiful. She's one of the most beautiful alto singing voices, and so when she does like the where she's like singing, but she'll like rewrite the words um, to be like about like finance or whatever. It's hilarious. But then I'm also like, oh my gosh, this takes me back to when we were in choir together. So, Aww, so we that's like went adorable. to high school together. So <laughs> anyway, I love that. Uh, what is bringing you joy? Uh, the last, to the last two days, I have had to do, um, conduct some video interviews for work. And so in an effort to look like a human being, I've put earrings in the last two days wow and i've kind of been enjoying it i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh this like takes me back to the before times i got a couple pairs of earrings for christmas from my friend and i have only been able to wear them like maybe twice because i don't go anywhere and so i feel right. dumb just putting them on right to be in my house yes um but maybe i should I, yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe you should come up with an excuse to, like, be on Instagram stories or Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, come up with a reason to just put in your earrings and walk to the coffee shop when it gets warmer. Be like, hello, I'm here in my earrings. Please admire me. I really do have to figure out the earring and mask situation because I kind of stopped wearing them because of the mask. Yeah. So I had... I I, had I previously on had like today, and it was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of like bigger earrings, and I had, I was trying to deal with it last year with like the mask, and the earrings, and I had glasses at that time, and I was just like kind of a lot to try and figure out what to do <laughs> with were my a face. Hot mess. <laughs> and then it would get caught in my hair because my hair is very long. <laughs> so it's too much happening. Yeah, like some of them you can kind of like loop through the the elastic before you put the elastic over your ear but like I was definitely I was wearing wearing bigger hoops today and had to run the dogs to get their nails trimmed and like I definitely just sort of like threw it on and just they were didn't put them through and so it was a little weird but it was also like whatever but then if you do put them through then you're like trapped Right. Like, you got to decide, like, how long is this mask going to be on? (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah, I will admit that that's a little bit tricky, but it was worth it the last couple of days to just feel a little bit like, oh, okay. I did uh, put mascara on a couple of days ago for the first time. Uh, first time after getting my eye surgery, mm-hmm. but also first time in like, I don't know, many months. <laughs> um, many, many moons. But also now I have to figure out like, I guess we need to talk to a makeup expert at some point because like, should we, do we throw away our makeup now? Do we need to buy new makeup? I think what that, is the protocol here? I don't, I don't know. I think that the answer is that we do, but. But I've what? heard that we'll, you don't, we'll depending on what it list. is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add it to the list of a very specific. Please email us. Please let send us, us an Instagram DM. <laughs> I need to know what to do with all of this makeup I'm not wearing. I have a feeling Ade will be texting us after she hears this and be like, ladies. <laughs> well, because it's confusing because some people are like, you do need to throw it away. And then other people are like, well, as long as you wash your brushes, it will last forever. Yeah, I think it depends on what it is. Uh, all much. of my stuff is like so old and crusty though that or Ew. or or <laughs> I was like it was like running out before everything happened and then I've used it so infrequently that I'm just like I need to make an Ulta trip is really mm. yeah I need to make a trip to Ulta and restock up on some things that's just what they want you to think so you can spend more money capitalism <laughs> <laughs> the words of you're wrong about it was capitalism all along it's a patriarchy ah! all right well next week we are going to be super nerding out and we're going to talk about typography we are going to have our friend Susanna back and I have a feeling that there may be some rants about comic sans happening in this episode so Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bye.